We don't have to talk about Devil May Cry. I just thought it was funny. I liked the the titling of the article. Let's see you spend real money. Like they're so gracious. <laughs> I was just about to email Capcom and say, hey, you know, it'd be great is if I could spend more money on your game. <laughs> could you please somehow implement that? What's up, everybody? This is the Console Crusade Podcast. Video game news, virtual video games, the usual. I am your host, EJ Olson. This is your other host, Nicholas Durheim. Can we get one week in between podcasts where there isn't some fucking controversy that we have to talk about? I want to talk about fun things. Nick, what's up, dude? People love talking about controversy. They love to be mad. Oh, man. Sipping my LaCroix as usual here. Hashtag not a sponsor. That was a high energy sip. (laughs) High energy. Let's go, baby. Okay, let's just jump right into it. All right. I feel like we had things we're going to talk about for the third week in a row. We're not really talking Spider-Man. I platinum that game and I want to talk about it. I I just want want to go on a deep dive, but I've never played the game. So you're useless to me. I'm very useless. I know. No, 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 no. Not not useless in general. Just to me in this specific instance. (laughs) Okay. That makes it a lot better. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Spider-Man Platt, done, gonzo, because a bunch of things happened this week that caught us by surprise. And I have a question for you, Nick. Just on the air, we're trying to figure this out. At the top of a pod, should we just give a bullet list of some of the things we're going to talk about? Entice the people? That is a thing that we can do. I feel like it doesn't matter, because whenever I download a podcast, usually they have like the run of show in the description. But are we taking into consideration those who don't bother or take the time to read and they just like oh new podcast listen go do we really care about those people i am those people oh well <laughs> so no we, we don't care you have a vested interest to appease those of your strange variety uh here's a little insight into how we run things at the console crusade we're just off the cuff here we don't know what we're doing nick telltale games shuts down nintendo online launches the playstation classic comes out of nowhere grabs us by the balls pretty much the three main things we're gonna talk about today so tell me, Nick, so that I don't have to read about it or pretend I know what I'm talking about here. Telltale Game shuts down. I have some hot takes that I'm going to try and temper a little bit because these are real people who got fired and that sucks. So I got to gotta take it easy, but talk to me. Tell me what's happening with Telltale. Well, they're not completely shut down yet. They've got like a tiny crew of like 25 odd people that are working on something with Netflix for the Minecraft story mode. I'm not sure exactly what else they're doing with that. Maybe they're doing like a TV show with that maybe. Not entirely sure, but they did cancel the games they had announced, including uh, Stranger Things, The Wolf Among Us Season 2, and I think that was it. But then they also canceled the game that they're working on right now, The Walking Dead Final Season. Would they cancel? Oh, the final season, but there's one that's currently rolling out, correct? Yeah, that's the one. They canceled that? Yeah, they're putting out episode two, and then the final three episodes are not going to happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Earlier in the year, we had heard about toxic mismanagement, right? Long hours and no direction. And even a big downsizing. Like they were at 250 people when this happened, but they had cut down like 20%. uh, I want to say like six months ago or so. So I'm curious as to what actually happened. And from from obviously, I don't know the, the money aspect here. Well, it's been kind of rocky because they had a CEO that got ousted. I want to say last year, maybe a little bit before that, but they got replaced by a guy that had history in heading up uh, Zynga. Zynga, I don't know how to pronounce that, the company that makes all those really popular Facebook 
kind of games. Farmville. He's also on the board of directors for Unity. So that was what their next big push was to get off of their in-house engine and start making stuff on Unity. Maybe maybe make stuff that was a little less broken. Who knows? I don't think enough has really come out yet. It's mostly just a lot of people saying, hey, don't ask us about what's happening with Walking Dead the final season because we don't work for that company anymore. Just a lot of a lot of salt in the air. But I'm sure we'll hear more that's coming out in the next week or so. Yeah, there's a lot of bitter people on Twitter, and that makes sense. Totally valid, yeah, if you just get fired. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of lead time sort of showing that this was going to be like an inevitability. So that's tough, dude. It just happened overnight. And it's odd that you see a company who is so successful critically, and despite Telltale's issues, like, yeah, they never learned how to develop a game properly. And when you have a team of 300 people or whatever, 250 people, you kind of hope that Especially a game that that is so bite-sized like that. Like, why didn't those games ever run well? I don't know. But realistically, that did not impact sales numbers. It rarely impacted, you know, the critical acclaim, right? The games, the good games still reviewed well, despite being broken pieces of shit. So that's not a factor. But I'm curious, and I can't remember the last time, again, that a, a, a company that was so successful in the mainstream just folded like this out of nowhere. And so, yeah, they they kept 25 people to... As this article I read said, quote unquote, to fulfill obligations to the board, you know, whatever that means in the interim before the doors fully close. I don't know, but seems odd. You know, a couple things that were really cool yesterday I saw on Twitter that Ubisoft hosted a a local lunch for all the developers to come by and basically eat for free. And they basically said, hey, we have some positions to fill. Come out, talk to us, you know, and I'm like, that's that's pretty cool, right? Obviously, there's a mutual benefit there. They're looking to hire people. A bunch of really talented storytellers and developers are leaving this company. So, mm. you know, but it's cool that they're like, hey, everybody, come out, talk to us. We know this is tough. And they're a uh, Bay Area company too, right? Right. So there's a lot of a lot of studios down in that area. Something else that happened this week, one of Capcom's studios, Capcom Vancouver, closed down and there was similar sort of outreach from local studios in that area to try and pick up the people that got laid off. That's nice to see. And it's something, you know, we've talked about a few times where it's tough to sort of separate the people who develop these games and the corporations who fund them and head these projects, right? You have to remind yourself, these are real people who are doing what they love. This is their passion and they're making games. And oftentimes those are really the people who are actually in charge. And so stuff like this happens and that, and especially living in the Bay Area, man, like cost of living is egregious. And to just be fired without cause for no reason, no severance, no no backup plan whatsoever. They're just done and gone. And can you imagine being someone who just moved cross country for a job at Telltale? And just like that, it's over. It's bad times. I don't know when the last time that hired was. I mean, this is the second downsizing, as it were. I can't remember who a woman who, who worked for Telltale, she was on Twitter sort of going semi-viral with her threads regarding the company and the layoffs and and she has said explicitly that a few people you know they just started and suddenly they're without a job and it sucks and it makes you wonder how soon until this industry starts to unionize game developers software engineers whatever each sort of i think we were talking about last night and you brought up that maybe each sort of sect of the gaming industry that's the direction we could be headed in well especially since video games as a artistic medium is so new compared to a lot of other industries that have their own unions. Like you work in film, so you know what the unions are kind of like. There's a lot of different unions for all sorts of different jobs and different positions. 
Yeah. Like there's the Screen Actors Guild as one union and then you get different ones for camera guys, for stunt people, all yeah, those kind of literally positions. Every every sort of niche in the industry, I feel like, is unionized. And that's for the better. In this age of social media where 10 years ago, if a studio as small as Telltale were to shut down, how long before you hear about it, realistically? Yeah, everything was just a lot quieter. There was a lot less eyes on the people behind the games. Everything was just sort of behind the curtain. Right. But so now, this sort of thing happens, and people are in an uproar. Not only are they pissed because Telltale was, again, churning out hit games. They sold well, they reviewed well, and they had a bunch of stuff people were looking forward to. Wolf Among Us, Walking Dead. Uh, didn't Did they ever say anything more about the Guardians of the Galaxy game that they announced a couple years ago? They put that out. Wait, it came out? Yeah, all five episodes, yeah. Shows what I know. I'd be interested in playing that. Had very lukewarm reception from what I remember. Mm. It's hard to make a tie-in that's not... They don't use any of the actors' likenesses. It's all sort of their own renditions because based on the comic book, not the movies. So all that right. gets kind of messy. Anyway, they're done. And I'm curious to know if someone is going to swoop in and sort of piece the company back together and hire these people and keep... I doubt that completely. This was an inevitability as far as the studio either slowing down or completely failing. And they didn't slow down fast enough or soon enough. And it ended up tanking them. Like, there's no reason that company needed 250 people working there. And who knows how long they had that big of a, a crew, especially in the Bay Area where the cost of living is so high. You're oh, spending yeah. $20 million a year on just hiring employees. Like, that's ludicrous. <laughs> that's absurd. There's no way that anyone goes in and buys them, especially since they already fired all the people that work there. They're all probably very salty about that and ready to move on to something new in their lives. And they didn't own any of their own IPs. So there's nothing of value there. There's now avoiding the market these games are popular they sell yeah so you'll get other companies doing similar things like square enix with uh life is strange or broken age from double fine i'm sure they'll still be tie-in games they'll just be on mobile where they've always been i wonder just because like you brought up life is strange that's still a, a pretty different game than what telltale was doing i mean it's in the same vein right but it's different and i think part of the thing with telltale is that it was the IP, and like you said, they don't own any of that IP. But now there's a there's a void in, in the market for someone to start making these these big name story based games with these IPs. So I don't know. It just stands to reason that somebody, instead of saying let's let's reinvent the wheel and start from scratch, they're going to license whatever IP and they're going to start bringing on people who've been doing it for the last five plus years. As long as they don't use that engine. Oh God, no! Can you just imagine Sony, but with that Telltale team, how much better those games would be? Just by virtue of money well not just having a bigger budget but more resources i feel like telltale had a lot of resources they had 250 people worth of resources again i imagine a lot of that is mismanagement 250 people like you said why why do you have 250 employees for this sort of thing like isn't that how big cd project red isn't that how many employees they have i'm not sure they have like three studios though so that's kind of hard okay to compare apples to oranges i was gonna say it's like like they they've got a similar sized team and they're they put out the witcher 3 for christ's sake they size up very considerably i remember reading about them sizing up for cyberpunk just recently as they kind of push for their final year worth of development are they bringing people in-house or they are are they contracting other studios they're hiring it's i haven't heard about them uh working with other studios. And if they were, it'd be other studios that they own. Gotcha. Because CD Projekt just put out a new game. They did? The uh, RPG that goes with Gwent, which is funny. Spinoff of a spinoff. Wait, how did I not know about this? CD Projekt Red is releasing a new RPG set in the world of The Witcher. Okay, that's great. <laughs> what the fuck? What's it called? It's called Throne Breaker. 
A Thronebreaker, okay. The core mechanic is the card game Gwent. So I'm curious too, because I played the Gwent beta. Did that game ever get a proper release? Or has it just evolved into this? I'm not sure. I think it might have done like the, the really slow kind of gradient transition from early access into version 1.0, whatever that means. Oh, you so know? the competitive multiplayer version of Gwent is finally coming out of beta on the same day, October 28th. Like the beta, it will be free to play with microtransactions. Unlike the beta, it features a redesigned game board and a number of gameplay changes. Okay, so Thronebaker and Multiplayer Gwent are separate games that use different card decks. All right, I'll be curious. I really enjoyed Gwent. I loved the the revamp of the game, kind of making it a little deeper, a little more nuanced, requiring some actual skill. Because in the in the Witcher Three, Gwent is it's designed for you to break it. Yeah, it's a very shallow kind of mini game that they decided to put more effort into designing, which makes sense. CCGs are very popular, make a lot of money. That's interesting. This has to be a complete side, you know, like you said, they have multiple studios. This is a blip on the radar, I imagine. But but anyway, all of this to say, I feel like a lot of those people who got laid off are going to find homes in the industry if they choose to. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's a lot of chairs to fill, you know, 250 people, but... I'm sure some will relocate, you know. There are studios all over the, all over the country. I had no idea that Sony has a studio in Bend. Yeah, that's who's making Days Gone. They made the Siphon Filter games for a while, too, I think. Bend, Oregon. Just in our backyard, man. Yeah. I had no idea. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were like, Sony Bend. And I don't know why I was like, Sony Sony Bend, Bend Oregon? And they were talking about Days Gone, and they're like, I wonder where they got the influence for that. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense, given that game's aesthetic. Very Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Very wooden. Very wooden. <laughs> That's what I want my games to be like, Nick. Wooden. Yeah, yeah. Give me that tree type game, you know? Branchy. So, I guess that's all we have to say by Toto. R.I.P. Pour one out for the homies. Sip a little LaCroix for the boys. Mm. Oh, is that the coconut, my guy? Yeah, that's pretty much all I get nowadays. Okay, all right. I, uh, I've got a fridge full of Mongo. Mongo's pretty good. The girlfriend... Does this thing where she only brings home pamplemousse or like berry because she knows I'll drink it if it's in the Ugh. fridge. And they're awful flavors. And I say, listen, just because you're getting these bad flavors does not mean I'm going to drink them any less. It just means I'm going to be unhappy about it. That's very true. Do us both a favor and get some good flavors. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go through an entire case of lime, but I won't be happy. <laughs> no, I will kick and scream the whole way. But God damn it, if I'm not going to drink LaCroix if it's in my fridge. Not a good deterrent. Hashtag not a sponsor. All right. Nick, you and I have been doing a few things lately. You and I. Crazy how that happens. Where you and I occasionally will text each other, play a game or two together, talk some shit together. Share a meme. Share a meme or two, uh, always. Except now, Nick, this weekend, we had to pay Nintendo cold hard cash for the privilege of doing so. I gotta say, I'm not nearly as bitter about it after 48 hours uh, having used the service. So, right off the bat, give me your impressions of Nintendo Switch Online. Has the service itself changed? Have you noticed any connectivity issues versus, you know, the past? Uh, but also the NES games, and how has that lived up or, you know, surpassed your expectations? I don't think the service has changed at all as far as the ability for you and I to play a video game on the internet together. The NES games are fine. The online for them is not fine. It's mm. pretty pretty painful, especially when you were off doing your own thing and I was stuck trying to play Zelda on your console. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and there's like yeah. a half second input delay. So every time I'm swinging my sword at a Korak, they're just shooting seeds at me and I'm dying. It was not very fun. It makes a bad game even worse. Oh, shots fired. I didn't experience this because, like you said, I was hosting. We'll have to do that. Maybe we can do that tonight. We can play some, uh, play some River City Ransom or play some Balloon Fight. You can see just how much of a bad thing it was. All right. Yeah, I'm curious because you were complaining about it. And I said, Nick, you're being a baby. This is fine. Yeah. This is just the NES. Uh, but then I was like, oh, okay, okay, I understand. I'm like, I didn't consider the fact, I didn't look at it like I am hosting the game on my Switch and you're connecting to me. And because initially I thought, oh, am I streaming these games from the internet or are these, I've installed these games and I'm playing them locally. They're installed locally. So that's, I guess, like a good thing. That's more akin to what the Xbox Game Pass is doing versus like PlayStation Now. Right. And I'm much more a fan of what Xbox is doing in that regard. I'm not a fan of, Anything that requires the internet, anything that, not of anything that requires the internet, because that's an inevitability at, at some point, right? At some point, you're going to hit a barrier that was going to require the internet. It also depends on the on the game you're playing. Like, I like the Jackbox games, and those are online games, basically. Yeah, it wouldn't work so, without the internet. No, totally. I get that. This depends on the type of game. Also, side note, with the I made that PlayStation Now comment, but they're adding uh, PS2 and PS4 games as being downloadable instead of uh, requiring you to stream them. Oh, good. So you can download them locally and then just uh, check in every now and then online to make sure you still have the Now subscription and you can play them locally. I'm okay with that. Is it all the games on the service or is it select no. titles? It's mm. just the PS2 classics and the PS and some PS4 games. They didn't say that all PS4 games would be available for it. How expensive is that service? It's pretty high up there. I believe it's either 15 or $20 a month. Oh, that is so not worth it. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I feel like if you're if you're the kind of person who is is paying twenty dollars a month for these games, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's such a niche market right there. So few people are playing enough games that it warrants them having unparalleled access to streaming hundreds of titles simultaneously. It seems like it was their weird kind of workaround to get PS3 games playable on the PS4, just because they couldn't figure out how to emulate it properly, or there wasn't enough power on the PS4 to do it right. That also strikes me as odd. Different processor. It's really hard to even emulate a PS3 on a really high-end PC. You get very bad frame issues and rendering problems. Yeah, the PS3 was a very strange, very wily beast. They yes, all, very wily, very bespoke. All sorts of proprietary nonsense happening under the hood there. Yeah, but it's great for running Linux and also doing calculations for NASA, I guess. Is that a thing? Yeah, like NASA. Well, I mean, they did that with the PS2 also. They bought just a bunch of PS2s to crunch numbers. But I think they did, it with, the, did that with the PS3. So weird. NASA's yeah. so hard up for money that they're taking that $11 discount. Well, we're talking about the Bush administration here, EJ. Come on. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair point. Politics. Uh, <laughs> this is why people listen to our podcast. It's for our hot George Bush takes. <laughs> <laughs> he paints now, okay? Let me tell you a thing or two about inside jobs. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going down that rabbit hole. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast. Trevor Chafee, how you doing? But how about you? Did you, you hosted, so with the Nintendo online aspect, you don't have a lot of input, but as far as the NES library and the what they've announced so far, do you have any hope whatsoever for the future and adding good consoles like Super Nintendo or Game Boy or Game Boy Advance or even, heaven forbid, N64. Here's the thing. Now that I've gotten my hands on 
on these titles and have experienced what it's like and how they play. I am cautiously optimistic and I envision a future. Again, this is Nintendo, so this is not likely, but I envision a future where provided they aren't stripping games away from us as they add games, but in a year or two years, the entire virtual console is replaced by this service, $20 a year. And you know, we're actually getting the best of the best of each retro console. I'm okay with that. If you're going to have 200 games on the service for $20 a month, plus access to your online service, totally worth it to me. I don't know financially if that makes as much sense as selling these individually and making six or eight bucks a pop. It probably does because I feel like a, a solid quarter of these games are going to be actual games that people buy. No one's going on virtual console and buying tennis, you know? Like, it's a cool thing if you have it, but it's not something you're seeking out and buying. People are only buying Mario Bros. They're only buying Zelda. They're buying, they're buying Mario Bros. 3. Everything right. else, like, you get weirdos who are like, oh, finally, I can play Donkey Kong for the NES when the Arcade Archives one is available on the eShop already. If you wanted to play, like, the real version, you would have already bought that. But because you have it, you're more likely to actually play it. Sure. So as they add them, they're at a, at a cadence right now where they're adding three a month. And I feel like by this time next year, you have a pretty good likelihood of being like, all right, it's season two, year two of Nintendo Switch online. Let's start adding SNES titles. We get, like, an initial batch and then another couple a month after that. Because by next year, they're gonna, there's going to be 50 NES titles. I can't name 50 NES games that I actually care about. There are some decent titles on the console, but probably nothing Nintendo is going to be able to get the license to. Are they going to be able to get your Chippendale, your DuckTales, your little Samson? They could, but they won't because they're, they're not making enough money off of them. And I don't know if any of those games that ever came to Virtual Console to, in the first place. No, they didn't. So why would they do it now? You know, That's a good question. But what they need to do is set this service apart from what they've done in the past. And giving us golf and baseball is not incentive. Yo, golf is a damn good game. Golf is tight, but I'm not spending cash on it. You're not. You're already spending the cash and you get the golf as like a, oh, hey, a little bit right, of extra right, right. on top. They're extorting us and pretending that this is, this is a perk. Capitalism is extortion. And you happily participate in that just to make yourself feel a little bit better. And now that you've ripped the bandaid off, you get to enjoy the, the nice... Soft feeling of that scab that's starting to heal. That scab that's shaped like Super Mario. That Italian scab. That's <laughs> me. Scab you. Here's the thing, though. Again, if they don't strip these games away or lose their license, or it's like, you know, in six months, is it gonna, they're going to start taking games away, so, you know, there's just a revolving door of 30 or 40 games. If theoretically, in a year, we could have every console in Nintendo's backlog available on this service. Or, you know what, I'd be perfectly happy if they wanted to charge, you know, three or five dollars a month for access to gamecube games right that could get that could get expensive quick but yeah it gets kind of messy as far as messaging right and also getting a, a nice you get like a weird little graph showing here's what you pay here's what you get and then, it's a mess it could be a mess i'd pay sixty dollars a year for access to online i pay sixty dollars a month to have access to online just to the internet <laughs> just <laughs> okay smart ass did i say six dollars a month sixty months a year 60 months a year. Fuck me, I can't talk right now. <laughs> I'd pay 60 months Six a year. <laughs> I'd pay $60 a year for the top 15 or 20 titles on each of Nintendo's consoles via the Switch. I would gladly give them my money for that. Think about that. 50, top 15 titles on Super Nintendo on N64. Well, there's not 15 good titles on the 64. But GameCube, there are 15 good games on the GameCube. I'd pay for that. Yeah, the reason they're doing a limited number at, at the beginning and then adding to it is because adding looks good and right. it gets them press 
once a month say, Hey, here's what's the, here's what's new on this service. Cause they're trying to promote a service. Like that's what they're promoting. This right. is a promotional kind of uh, venue. You're not really buying it because of it. You're hearing about it because they're adding games. You're like, Oh, those are cool games. I remember those. That's a cool little value add to being able to play Splatoon online or playing Mario Kart online. It's all, it's a, it's a many faceted beast. So then the question is, is a, will Nintendo get a grip and realize that they should be pumping out these games and not just for the NES and B at what pace will they do that? Is it going to be 18 months before we get a super Nintendo announcement? Cause that's ridiculous. That should happen by Christmas. There's a good likelihood that it'll take a year. You might get something like summer. That doesn't make sense. They would roll this out without like they would announce the SNES was, was coming if it were coming in the next three months. I know, I know, but it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. That's their marketing team. That's their internally. They're just they get a grip. I don't think that you're going to be selling any more consoles or any more subscriptions by doing it in a year than by doing it now. Just do it and make your fans happy. The people who have already invested in your ecosystem that you've been fucking in the asshole for years. Just do it and make people happy for once. You know, without the bullshit, without the internal politics of without the just just fucking do it. You're not hurting anybody. I've said it before and I'll say it again. i feel like there's, there's got to be a deeper value proposition in play here that we're not privy to because we don't know their internal numbers that we don't know how much they're paying konami so they can put gradius on nintendo switch to be playable and we don't know how much they've paid them in the past and how much how many copies they've sold on previous virtual consoles they don't release those numbers so for the ten thousand people that are really die hard about playing these old titles yeah you'll make them happy but for everyone else, it's just like a cool, kitschy little thing. It's the type of casuals that say, oh, the NES Classic. I remember playing Mario 2. I want to pay $60 for this thing and pop it in front of my TV and play for five minutes and be done with it. Right. Not the hardcore collectors who have nostalgia and are just really, really hard to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Because they're just awful, awful nerds. I resent that. I know. I'm talking to you specifically. And you <laughs> but- for saying it. But they clearly aren't making enough money. If they're making money off of this, then they would be doing it all the time. But it seems very clear to me that they're not. Otherwise, they would. I feel like that is the most logical conclusion you can come to. But this is also Nintendo we're talking about. And they don't do a lot logically. They would have made a lot more money if they hadn't kept putting their games on cartridges. They would have made a lot more money if they hadn't put their games on little teeny tiny discs to avoid piracy, which wasn't even a fucking problem to begin with. They would have made a lot more money if they had put out a real video game console instead of a fucking giant iPad wannabe. You know what I mean? It's like, there's not a lot of logic there going on. Yeah, but N64, Nintendo made money off of... They made a lot of money off of every cartridge sold because they had the rights to make those cartridges. So they're oh. just vertically integrating their 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 pipeline. Just Sony took a huge risk by making a, a disc-based medium, but they also have tried pushing that because they own the rights to uh they own like the DVD player technology and the Blu-ray technology, so they were vertically vertically integrating those mediums also. Right. It's very complicated. It's very messy. Nintendo does a lot wrong, but They also like to make money. They've been a business for now 129 years. Happy birthday, Nintendo. The thing about them, though, is you're right. Nintendo doesn't lose a lot of money. They play it so safe. But here's the thing. Maybe they made money on every cartridge sold because of however they shaped their business. It also led to them only selling how how many N64s versus how many PlayStations? 20-something? But also, the PlayStation didn't do very well for software sales. For for how big they were. They had... 6,000 titles. 
that were they even profitable making the PlayStation? Like that's another thing is hardware costs money. And they are also probably selling PlayStations until 2010 because Sony loves to pump their numbers. They were not selling PS1s until 2010. They might have been. They were not as such hyperbole. They kept making FIFAs on PS2 until like 2013. Because they were still selling. It wasn't because they were pumping their numbers. Like They were selling. There was a market for it. Yeah. I'm sure there's, a t- there's still a market for N64 if Nintendo kept making them. There's still a market for the Wii if they kept making them. There would not be a market for the N64. There would be a very niche retro market. No, there'd be a market in like South America because a current PS4 costs like $1,000 in, in Brazil. Well, why do you think the PS2 is still going on in Brazil? It's because exactly. they could manufacture... So you don't need a nostalgia piece if it's current because you're still playing the current FIFA in 2012. Yeah, except the N64 is a piece of shit console and the PS2 is a great console. So It's so true. The PS2 <laughs> was okay. The PS2 was great for Everyone for owned what it was. two or three PS2s because it kept breaking. No, I agree that Nintendo plays it very safe and they look at it but they look at it in a very digestible, very bite-sized, these tiny little slices. Where they say, we have to make money here, we have to make money here. But if, if they would play the long game and say, oh, hey, we're going to take X amount of loss on this. Guess what Sony did by the end of the PS2's life, lifespan? Yeah, maybe they were taking a loss on the on you know up front on that product, but they got the product out there and made it hugely popular. Next thing you know, they sold 190 million units, and you bet they're making money on every console sold by the end. So it's like... Yeah, great, Nintendo, you didn't lose any money on a single console sold, but you only sold 20 million units. That's a failure. And they still haven't learned from that, right? Where it's, you have to forecast beyond the immediate investor meeting, right? The end of the quarter, you've got to make your fucking board of old-ass governors happy who have no fucking idea what they're doing other than why are my numbers in the red. So they're very short-sighted. And so that's, that's when I look at this and I look at the virtual console. You're right, logically, they probably aren't making enough money to warrant doing the exact same thing they did before, but it still doesn't give me hope that they're going to fix it just with another format. Okay, now we're getting games in a subscription service. Like, I, it just, I have no confidence that this is going to work out in our favor, or the way we want it to anyway. That's what I have to say about that, Nick. Okay. This is three weeks in a row. I've just been like angry about Nintendo. Well, yeah, because you love to be angry about Nintendo. I don't love to be angry about them. They just make me angry. I love to hate them, and I hate to love them. Hey, man, they're the ones living rent-free in your head. I'm a Nintendo hater. It's true. It's uh, so true. I, mean, I wish I it's so it. true. You hate them so much. Oh, my God. Uh, did you see that Nintendo is, is they're doing, oh, what's the company now? They licensed out Power A. What else have they done? They, they've done, like, Switch accessories. They've done other bad controllers. They're third-party controllers, you know? They're always they're always kind of cheap. You remember the, uh, the Wii the Wii Pro controllers that you plugged into the bottom of the Wiimote? They did GameCube-style ones with those, like Mario logos and stuff actually i did buy one of those for for smash bros because you're you're weird and, no, 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 and no. bad and everyone is weird and bad about that everyone's obsessed with the gamecube controller even though it's good but it's not great it's still the best smash bros controller period hands down <laughs> yeah it's fine it's the it's it's the best one but no i bought it for xenoblade chronicles when i was playing on the wii because there were no good controllers on the wii for a, a traditional rpg i didn't want to use a nunchuck i didn't want to use the crappy little you couldn't use you couldn't use um wavebird or was it not compatible with gamecube controllers you know i don't i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember why i would have bought this weird doohickey that plugs into the bottom of a wiimote because i have a ton it of it must have had to have been a, a pro controller yeah it must have i know you 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 would use a gamecube controller if you could oh yeah it, it must have been that only supported pro controllers in the nintendo pro controller for the wii they had a teeny one that was for like retro games yeah, the weird little, uh, the rounded one. Yeah, with the analog sticks. Didn't that one have the wire on the bottom, like Dreamcast style? 
Ah, uh, man, I can't remember. I it was don't weird. And it had the sticks uh, down left as opposed to top right that they went to for the Wii U. Right. Looked like a cute little PlayStation controller. Or like a, a SNES controller with worse buttons and uh, analog sticks. Yeah. But they also made it like a proper quote-unquote pro controller that was really scarce, which is surprising given how many units the Wii sold. But I think I had one of those. I'm not sure if it was first party or not. Yeah. I think I bought it used on uh, eBay. But anyway, this is another thing that doesn't make sense to me. Nintendo is licensing this. Maybe it's just less hassle for them. But so so Power A is making pro controllers and wireless GameCube controllers. Yeah, which they've done pro controllers before, but they've always been wired. Right. Just cheaper. So it's gonna and have the, the same Bluetooth. The GameCube controllers don't have HD rumble. So who knows if they have rumble at all? And are they USB C? I don't remember what the charging type is on the the GameCube controllers. I don't recall. I don't think those details necessarily matter to me. There's something to keep in mind. I'm not sure if they ha- they might have motion. It needs to have rumble. It needs to. It doesn't need to have HD rumble because HD rumble is useless and no game uses it. Who fucking cares? But it needs rumble. Period. You, you just there's right. no way around that. Um, but the fact that it's it's using the same you know Bluetooth for its wireless capabilities. Added Z button. You have a ZL and a ZR button now on the game. Well, yeah, you have to. Just you like have they to. have the four they have the four face buttons also or the four center buttons like. Plus, minus, home, and screen capture. They have right. buttons for that, too. Right. I am holding my breath, Nick, that these are going to be decent options. Uh, they look really good. They look like everything's in proportion. Everything looks like it's coming out of a Nintendo controller and put into a more convenient modern chassis. So, eh, fingers crossed. I will buy one just to test the waters here and, and hope for the best, but... It is a third-party controller at the end of the day. So I don't have uh, I don't have a lot of uh, hope in this. Also, I feel like the triggers are going to be... Uh, they're going to have to be digital. They're not going to be analog. No, of course. So it's going to have a, a completely different feel for the triggers. Well, I imagine... No, I imagine they'll be the, they'll be the same triggers as the regular GameCube controller that, that Nintendo's putting out. It just... Probably not. It, it's... The input's not any different, though, so it's not going to matter. They're going to be just... If you look at them, they look different. Do they? I'm going to pull a picture. Oh, here. yeah. They don't look bad. They just don't look like the GameCube controller has a very unique feel to the triggers where you can feel the analogness and then the final click at the end. It's got a very distinct feeling. And I, I know they're not going to match them with this. Man, those pro controllers, though, look super clean. I don't think I've checked those out. How are the sticks look? They look exactly the same as Nintendo's sticks. The only difference being here on this controller is they have weird little paddles in the back. The buttons in the hmm. back of this thing. So I don't know. They look good, whether they are good or not. I don't, you know, we, we won't know, but... All you have to look at is the the number that they're charging. That'll give you a good indicator on whether or not they're going to be very good. See, the wireless GameCube uh, controllers are not on their website, which strikes me as odd, uh, but the enhanced, the quote-unquote enhanced Pro Controller, they don't have a price on them. What's up with that pre-order? I'll get there. $50. Yeah, that's how much the GameCube controllers are charged to. D-pad looks janky. D-pad does not look right. That's a bummer. I saw I saw a, uh, a pro controller, uh, a licensed pro controller for the PS4 that looked equally janky. Looks super bad. Did I share that picture with you? It's uh, so no. weird. Like the, the body of it is super matte, black, like velvet. And then the buttons are all really shiny, so it looks very cheap. And then the D-pad looks like the original Xbox D-pad. Ooh. Where it's just a bad, gross circle. Yeah. Right. Man, those GameCube controllers look freaking clean, man. Oh, it looks really good. 
I'm going to buy one of these, man. I know you are. Oh, man. I, I'm telling you. And I will cross my arms in skepticism to their quality. I know you will. Oof. Do we ever find out if the GameCube controller on uh, Switch, the Switch version is going to have USB-C or is it just a standard GameCube input? It's just regular GameCube input. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, all you know, all else fails, I've got a couple of WaveBirds sitting in the old, uh, in the old Wii U bin waiting to get used come December, baby. The Wii U bin, a.k.a. the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rip, Wii U. I mean, once they port Wind Waker... Is there even a reason for you to own a Wii U anymore? Honestly. No. I'll be able to hack it. That'll be... I'll be able to hack a, a modern device with an HDMI out. Yeah, that'll be good. I was... Uh, it was kind of a hassle. I never got it to the point where you could play Wii U games, but if you want that. a Wii U to play Wii games, then you sure can do that. That would do weird RGB on a Wii. I think I had a better SD card slot, too, on the Wii U. Well... We're going to move on. We're going to move on, baby, with my brilliant segues, as usual. Speaking of old games. Hey, I'm going to cut out that part and just use your segue, because that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they don't pay me to segue, man. They don't pay you at all. Exactly. I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> PlayStation, our good pals, Sony, jumping on the, the hype train, and they announced their own classic mini console, the PlayStation Classic. It's adorable. I'm already sold on it. For no reason other than that, it's cute and adorable, and it was my first new console. Hey, I had one of those, you know? <laughs> yeah. Of course, as we dive into the, the game selection... The five they've announced out of 20? <laughs> does not, uh, again, instill in me any sort of confidence that this is going to be a console worth owning. Hey, at least they all make sense in a, in a way. Okay, so what they've announced so far, Final Fantasy VII... Another Final Fantasy VII release of some kind. Okay. It was one of the best-selling games on the PlayStation. So no, I get sense. it. They couldn't not put it on there. I get yeah. it. They couldn't not. Tekken 3, which definitely screams PlayStation. I played the shit out of Tekken. I wasn't supposed to, but I definitely did as a child. Ridge Racer Type 4. Okay. People love them Ridge Racers. Ridge Racers, yeah. That makes sense. They're they're pretty popular. Uh, Jumping Flash. No clue what this is. Never heard that of it. That was a launch title. Really? Very bad 3D platformer. First mm. party, though. Mm. So that's why. No Bubsy 3D? What the fuck? It is essentially like Bubsy 3D, but without all the charm of a, of a smart alecky cat. No Croc? Legend of the Gobos? I was going to say, I have a notepad file open right here with all of the, the games that I feel like should be or are likely to be on here. And Croc is, Croc is among those numbers, boy, for you. Is it really? For yeah, dude, for you. <laughs> so, okay, last game on here before we dive into that is Wild Arms. And that, to me, maybe I'm misremembering the significance of that game. I know that it's like a cult classic. The Wild Arms franchise is very popular mm -hmm. uh, among JRPG enthusiasts, but it shocks me that this is one of the first five they announced. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's a, it's a rights thing, because I don't know who has the rights to Wild Arms. Mm. So before we dive into your list... And, and I haven't seen this list, so I'm, I'm playing blind here. But in my eyes, all of the best games on this console have now been remade or re-released or rebooted. Three of the games, or six of the games, uh, depending on how you cut it, are now will have been completely remastered and released you know, within a year of each other, looking at Crash and Spyro. And it's like, so are they going to put one of those, you know, going to put Crash 2 and Spyro 2 or something just to have them there? Or are they going to free up those slots? And it just would be weird to not have those, but it would also be kind of weird to have those. Like with the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, it's serving two different types of people. You're getting the people who are still into video games and are like collectors and they, they love 
the classics and they have nostalgia for it and they still actively seek them out. And also the casuals that are like, oh, I had a PlayStation when I was growing up or I had an NES when I was growing up. I remember Mario. I had a Super Nintendo when I was growing up. I remember Donkey Kong. So it serves both. So I feel like that's not going to be a deterring factor for putting a Crash or Spyro on there just because they have a, a new version out. If anything, it's just cross-promotional. It's, it's, it's awareness of the brand. You know, looking at the NES classic, you're appealing to actual boomers. You know, my old man had a, an NES. He's, you know, he went out and bought that the first year you could. He bought an NES. It was the new big thing. You know, he's 52, 53. So it, it's people who have been completely disconnected from the video game industry and from that world. And they see that and they say, oh, I remember that. People who had a PlayStation. Your dad's almost closer to like Gen X though. <sighs> yeah. He's, he's definitely on the Part other of end the overlap. So like the Gen X millennial kind of growing up and having like being a child because an NES is a child's toy. Right. You get like people in their late thirties first coming into really disposable income and you get weird niche crap off the shelves all the time. That's true. You're not going to buy, you're not going to buy an Atari flashback, but this Nintendo, this, this PlayStation actually seems like a good thing. See the, the PlayStation to me seems like it's appealing to a generation of people who in a lot of ways, the first generation you know, that video games weren't just a kid's play thing. Video games is this whole separate piece of the pie. It's, you know, films, literature. You're appealing to a, a market that never left the medium. They never stopped playing games. And, and not to say that's everybody, but some 50-year-old is not going to say, oh, I remember the PS1. No, it's a bunch of people like us who had a PS1, played a PS1 or a PS2, and subsequently the PS1 games, and we're like, oh, this is kitschy and fun. But it's, you know, my dad's not going to go out and say, oh, wow. Oh, remember the PS1? Got to buy one of these. You know, with the NES, it was a different story. So I wonder how much of that they're relying on and if that's actually going to become a factor in selling these. Well, also, not everyone who grew up with a PlayStation became a lifelong gamer. That's true. You either became a lifelong gamer or you play Angry Birds. It's one of the two. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, very valid. So give me your... Give me your uh, Tentative list. What do you think should be on this console? In absolutely no order whatsoever. I feel like there will be a Gran Turismo game. Yeah. Among these numbers. That is first party. It is the best selling game of the console. How many copies of Gran Turismo do you think were sold on the PlayStation? The PlayStation that sold over 102 million units. 30 million. Gran Turismo 1 sold 11 million. Oh, wow. I'm way overestimated. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Most games on this list. There's a lot of games that broke a million. Is it Crash? Crash didn't Crash do like 15 or something? I mean, if you did all of them together, maybe. Crash 2 sold 7.5. Crash 3 sold 7. Crash 1 sold 6.8. So altogether, that's about 20. Okay. As a series. Yeah. So yeah, Crash is also on my list. There's going to be a Crash game on the PlayStation Classic. Probably Crash 2. Fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers crossed. Also, a lot of twos on yeah. this list of uh, games. I'm looking at a lot of twos. Resident Evil. Mm. There's okay. a good chance yeah. that one would be good on there, but I think yeah. RE2 is a very well-remembered game. That's a PlayStation game. Right. Now this one, this one's more of a pipe dream. Okay. More of a half-pipe dream. Oh, baby! <laughs> You're getting me stoked over here. <laughs> How crazy if they just announce, hey, we got Tony Hawk for a skater. <laughs> one Dude. or two, doesn't matter. Two, it has to be two. Has to be two. Dude, stop it! Hey, shout out to my buddy, Kevin Gilgan. Go follow him on Twitter at Gilganizer. Tweeted something very humorous that I'm going to pull up and read on this podcast because it is relevant to our interests 
and I got a real kick out of it. And let me tell you, by the way, this guy is a photographer and I'm seeing some of the stuff he's, he's putting out uh, of the Spider-Man photo mode. It's really fucking cool stuff. <laughs> so uh, you can also check out his podcast. He does a Stocksy podcast. Totally not video game related, but you know he's my boy, so I'm going to give him a shout out. I'm looking for the particular tweet. I'll cut this out. Don't worry, because I want to I want to read it verbatim. <laughs> so, uh, sub gamers, pro tip for all you watching the stream while playing hashtag Spider-Man PS4, turn the in-game music off once you've listened to it all for hours, and then find the Tony Hawk Pro Skater playlist on Spotify, and you're welcome. <laughs> I got a kick out of that, and let me tell totally you, right. I, did, I did see that. That is not a bad idea. There should be DLC for uh, Spider-Man for PS4 that replaces all the hitting sound effects with the original PlayStation. Sound effects where it's just like, oh. Ooch. Ooch. Oh. <laughs> that was a really good impression. Right? Ah. I'm a voice actor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you even got the fade. That shitty. Just put a bunch of reverb and echo on me. Uh, all that compression. They're trying to hide. Pro Skater, such a damn good game. And if you're going to take one good game from that generation, that's probably the pinnacle. You know, that holds up the best. And it hasn't been touched, like not really. They did that HD uh, remake in like 2012, and it was really bad. They changed a bunch of stuff. Oh right! And you just get the original ROM playing on a PlayStation emulator, and you plug it into your TV with all those terrible, gross polygons. Give it to me. That would be the one thing that would make me buy this. Listen, if anything is going to get hindered by rights issues, yeah. it is this game <laughs> and oh, all yeah. that music. Is that going to be worth it to them? I'm not saying they couldn't. Theoretically, they 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 likely could license all the all the music in this game. And do a proper re-release. How many millions of dollars is that? Not 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 just the music, but the rights to the skater. Like, did the skaters give the rights to this game in perpetuity? If you call up Bob Burnquist and say, "Hey, we're trying to put this thing out. I'll give you ten grand for you to just sign this and say it's okay." He's gonna do it. None of those those dudes are yeah. all paying hospital bills. <laughs> <laughs> They've got collapsed spines and they don't have shins anymore. They need this. Dude, those guys are fucked up, man. Same with the musicians, honestly. I can't imagine Goldfinger's really rolling in the dough right now. All right, so how much is Superman worth? I mean, fair. Some of them are doing well, though. It'd be the it'd be the heavy hitters. It'd be good luck getting the Rage Against the Machine track, right? Right. But I'm all totally about that. worth it, though. Give it to me. And give me your next game. Another game that needs to be on this list is Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. Konami's been very interesting with their licensing. They're not really doing much as far as games. Kind of... They did that Bomberman thing. They did that weird survival game. But people kind of discount them as being interested in video games, but they have shown again and again that they're okay with licensing stuff. Right. Just got Snake Bag and Smash Bros. Got stuff like Gradius on the Nintendo Online. So Metal Gear can happen. And that's definitely a very PlayStation game. Oh, dude, iconic. It would have Same to be Same with on Castlevania there. Symphony of the Night. Has to be on there. Ooh, I you know I didn't even consider that. It has to be. 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 I can do this all day. <laughs> I keep going. <laughs> I will bury this joke. <laughs> We've reached an impasse, my friend. This has been the Console Crusade podcast. Spyro's going to be on there. Probably Spyro too. Like I said, I would hope so. It gets kind of weird because there's a lot of GRPGs. And how many GRPGs do you honestly think? you would really want on a, a 20 game list. It Super depends. Nintendo had the Super Nintendo one had a pretty good bit of JRPGs. You got Final Fantasy 6, you got Earthbound, you had, you know, Secret of Mana. But they didn't really it wasn't too too packed. So I wonder if you would get something like Dragon Quest 7 on there. Hmm. Dragon Quest series has been always kind of like it seems like it sells pretty well, but it's a very separate kind of 
community of people that play those as opposed right. to Final Fantasy VII that sold gangbusters. It depends, I guess, on what they're, you know, who who their target audience is. Because if this and they already is, put Wild Arms in this in this first initial five games that they announced for it, a, a very very niche RPG. Right. It leads me to believe that this is aimed at a Japanese market, a Japanese company talking to a Japanese market. Right. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if that's the case, you're going to see six more JRPGs on here. So. Which you could definitely do. You could easily do that. Chrono Cross strikes me as a game that has to be on here. Nintendo won't put Chrono Trigger on their Super Nintendo Classic. That'd be the ultimate Sony movie. Be like, ha nobody really likes this game as much as Chrono Cross or as Chrono Trigger. But we, we got have this it. one. <laughs> we have it. Hey, they had Chrono Trigger too, but just had awful loading times. Dude, could they could they do that? That'd be so funny. They but could. Because the, that was on, I think, like Final Fantasy Anthology or something. And it had two Final Fantasy games and then... Well, one of the anthologies... One of them had Final Fantasy and then Chrono Trigger. Yeah, because I I rented the other one where I had uh, five, six, and seven. Right. And the other one was uh, four, eight, and Chrono Cross or Chrono Trigger. Weird like that. But yeah, they added those really cool Toriyama cell animations with the cutscenes. They just ran like shit and didn't load. But yeah, so I mean, they could totally do that. Dude, what if they do? Interesting. That's a that'd huge fucking Nintendo. Square was huge on the PlayStation. They really went all in with that console. They started doing really weird stuff too, like Einhander, the fighting game, and they oh. also had that shooter. Final Fantasy Tactics came out on PlayStation. Dude, is Tactics coming out? Is Tactics going to be on this list? That strikes That'd me as a, a super niche title that people would lose their minds over. People would lose it over that. I mean, yeah, they haven't even made a game since the DS one that was a sequel. People are so upset that in 20 years we have not gotten a proper sequel to that game. Yeah, I mean, on you console. had a remake on PSP. You had the Game Boy Advance like spinoff thing. And then he had the A2 what, grimoire of the something on yeah, DS. Something weird. That'd be very, very niche. Not likely, but would be cool if it happened. So is this console going to have the ability to update unlike Nintendo's ones? That strikes me as a Sony move. They've already confirmed that it will not have any online capabilities. Okay. And it will not be changing its list. Okay. All right. Which makes sense. Otherwise, that'd be a $200 system fat online. Oh, sure. Hook up your PSN. Can you imagine just having a USB port though? Just a they'll just sell you a USB stick every year with ten more games. I mean, people will hack this within the first week. Oh yeah, yeah, this thing will be another the cool. Play- little... PlayStation games take up a lot more space than uh, Super Nintendo or NES games. That's also so who true. Knows how much onboard memory this thing has? Probably not enough dependent. to fit a new game on. Not enough to fit twenty-one games. <laughs> but you just take off Jumping Jack Flash or whatever that game's called. Jumping, Jumping Flash. Flash doesn't need to be on there. Uh, yeah, like I said, Croc. How happy would you be if they put Croc Legend of the Gobas? Uh, you know, I remember that game much more fondly than than I should. I've gone back and since played it, and it doesn't hold up. Like, Spyro 2 holds up. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, I, every time we bring it up, I, I make sure to harp on the fact that Spyro 2 holds the fuck up. Legend of the Gobos? No. Sorry, Croc. Not at all. I feel like I saw it on this list that it did break a million sales on the PlayStation, though. Very interesting. So did Frogger 2. A bit. That you thought was just a joke, but it was totally true. That's a real game. We did do that Frogger 2 bit, and it, I had a good chuckle about that. And then the next day, I was out shopping, and I saw Frogger 2, and I said, holy shit, there's a Frogger 2, and I sent you a picture. <laughs> but, you know, I imagine that given how many PS1s were in the wild, it was hard to release a game at its peak, especially a colorful, fun, friendly, friendly sort of game, and it not break a million copies. You know and what I mean? it was early. That was like 97. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of 3D platformers still at that time. No good ones. 
along with the first party stuff, I feel like there's got to be a Twisted Metal. Oh my God. I forgot about that franchise. I knew you did. I know you did. Wow. They tried to reboot it and it was bad. But if they just bought the original and say, hey, this is what you asked for. Twisted Metal 2 or 3. One of them. Doesn't matter. Can't I don't be know the first series one. well enough. Can't be the first one. Man, that, that little fucking clown always scared me. Going to the Hollywood video. Yeah. Uh, rated yeah. T for teen. Teen. A lot of racing games, but Wipeout was pretty big on PlayStation 1. We're going to get a Jet Moto game. Who did Jet Moto? I've seen that on this uh, list of million sellers. Wild Arms almost sold a million. That's pretty cool. Jet Moto was developed by Singletrack, who also did Twisted Metal 1 and 2. Huh. I feel like that makes it less likely. Do you think? But I could be wrong. Was that first party then published by Sony Interactive Entertainment? Or Sony Computer Interactive Entertainment? I don't remember. What- yeah, yeah. Sony Computer Entertainment. Yep. Okay. Dude, I, listen. Jet Moto to me, I don't know why, but that's synonymous with PlayStation for me. Everybody had Jet Moto growing up. Do you think Mega Man X4 makes it on this list? <sighs> you know, I don't think it does. Me either. Capcom's kind of a weird a weird fit with this in a lot of ways. Resident Evil makes a lot of sense. They're doing that remake next year. Kind right. of cross-promotional, which makes me think maybe X4 would fit, but I don't know. What else they do? They got a Street Fighter on PlayStation, didn't they? Or I saw they had a uh, one of the really bad final fights, which you might do because it comes with two controllers. You might want more multiplayer games, you know? Right. Fighting game makes sense there. That's why they got Tekken in that initial list. I'm trying to think That's of other Ridge Racer. Other fighting games on the platform that were good. We had some shitty Dragon Ball fighting games. Tekken, obviously. There was like Bushido Blade. There was probably Samurai Showdown on there. I think I saw a King of Fighters. You get all those. Mortal Kombat 3 was was uh, published by Sony. The original Marvel vs. Capcom was initially yeah, on Dreamcast. MVC. It wasn't on MVC. PS1. That gets that gets into the the licensing problems though. Same with Street Fighter vs. Uh, Avengers or whatever. There was Street Fighter vs. Uh, Marvel Superheroes. What was that called? There was a game before MVC that was just Street Fighter characters, and then you could fight like Iron Man. Oh, did, so the original MVC did come out on PS One. I don't know why I thought that was. It only came out on on. Uh, Dreamcast. I don't know why, but Dreamcast yeah, Clash. was MVC two only. Wait, really? Yeah, MVC two was only on Dreamcast and also in our arcade. Well, MVC two. I mean, it came to PS two, obviously. Oh, it did. Yeah. What am I thinking? That was only a Dreamcast. Then there was one. Clash of Superheroes did come to Dreamcast. I'm not crazy. The first MVC did come to Dreamcast. Was it Japan only? Then was it was it uh, only that? I do not know. That's probably it. One of those is just just Japan only. I remember. Some sort of exclusivity. You and I are both having this thought. It's sure. going to be true, right? Sure. We're, uh, we are very educated here on the Consequence podcast. Well, you come to us for Street Fighter Alpha 3 came to PlayStation. Yeah. People like that one. The hundred different characters. Then you get different, like Breath of Fire. Capcom's like only RPG they ever made. Oh, yeah. They had several of those. Breath of Fire, I think up to Breath of Fire 4 came out on PS1. Yeah, three or four. Huh. Three, I think, might be their best-selling one. That's the one I'm seeing highest up. You get stuff like Mega Man 8 with the, oh, the awful voice acting. You thought X4 had bad voice acting. What about Mega Man Legends? Oh, my God. That'd be funny. <laughs> what do you that's think? A, that's a truly wretched game. I mean, people have really fond memories. Because you're thinking of Mega Man 64, which was a really bad version of Mega Man Legends. But people really liked that game. I watched Austin play that game on a PlayStation. It's regarded well. And people want another game in that vein. People don't know what they want. People, People are want stupid. Undercover Gecko. Deep Cover Gecko. Deep Cover! They want Ace Combat. I actually don't think Ace Combat is that far off from getting a game. A flying game, dude? My dude. What's the uh, shmup fuck? Well, like Gradius? The uh, Metal Slug. Side-scrolling shooter. Metal Slug? 
That was that came on PS One. Probably it's been on everything. Yeah, Metal Slug. I don't think people think of PlayStation when they think of Metal Slug. Fair enough. What else you got on your list? I've also got Parappa the Rapper. Mm, Parappa. One of those games that I'm shocked is was as popular and as as fondly remembered as it is. One of the first rhythm games. I just rhythm games are not for me, man. What are you talking about? Guitar Hero Rock. No, I listen. Guitar Hero is a different beast. It is not simply a rhythm game. Don't make that fucking face hit me. <laughs> I got you. I'm sorry. You goofy lad. Got some odd world games. I don't think that's big enough. Need for Speed was on on there. Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah, I saw that too. Soul Reaver would be a good get. Uh Medieval. <laughs> yeah, Medieval. They've got that remake that they're they're they announced but haven't shown. I remember getting a demo disc from like Borders out of a back of a magazine. And this is all checking out. Keep going. <laughs> playing that first level of medieval over and over. And, you know, playing those demo discs, you'd play until you get to a certain point and you always convince yourself that if you did, you know, X, Y, or Z, you could get over the, get through the wall into the next part of the game. Not realizing that, nope, that's not how these are made. You can't trick the demo disc into playing the rest of the game. <laughs> but seven-year-old me sure thought it was possible. And you tried your darndest, dude. Oh, I did. That's great. I love that. I love that. That's a good, that's a good story. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, man. You got the Ark the Lad games. Those were Sony no, published. No, come on. Those aren't, No. Hey, talking about niche RPGs, got Wild Arms in there. What's the rules? There are no rules. My thing is, is Wild Arms niche? I don't know if it is. In my eyes, it is. Well, I mean, it sold like 950,000 copies, so it did pretty good as far as RPGs. But Ark Flat 2 sold over a million, so what do those numbers even mean? I don't know. I don't know. I can't interpret that data. Tomb Raider. Oh, God, yeah. Duh. Which one? It has to be the first one. I don't have enough literacy with the series to really know. Probably the second one, because the second one's always better than the first one. The third one loses the the majesty of the second one. That's how these trilogies work on PlayStation. Well, it's funny. You're right. The third one often does lose the the charm, the 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 luster, that new car smell. But often the third one is better. The third Spyro is pro- is technically better. You'd you'd rather play Warped than freaking Cortex Strikes Back. Warped is a better game. I don't like it better. All those weird. Uh, all those weird vehicle levels. It's too much, dude. I love vehicles. I love joyriding as a weird bandicoot. You love vehicles? How about, do you love Road Rash 3D? Never heard of it. Never played it. Give me Land Before Time Racer. What about Disney's Tarzan? <laughs> oh my God, that game's awesome. <laughs> that game's great. Army Men 3D. Yeah. What about the 3DO uh, joint? They also did Doom, right? Wow. <laughs> Why? What a deep pull. <laughs> I will never forget that, Paul, dude. Right in, it's right in to the podcast. If you remember what Nick's referring to, <laughs> did I ever cut that out? I don't. I think it. I don't know if I made it into a podcast or not. I don't no, know. I'm pretty sure you left it in there. Fuck, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, all my list. A siphon filter as another first party kind of stealth shooter. Then you get into like weird RPGs, like Xenogears. People love the Xenogears franchise, especially since Xenoblade has been so popular. Stuff like Saga Frontier, another Square. Sort of spin off. It started off as a as a Final Fantasy and then became its own thing. That was a Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy. They had three of them. Or Final Fantasy Legends got real weird. Then it turned into Saga. NBA Live 2000. No, we're not getting any of that stuff. Spider Man Two. Enter uh, Electro. Enter Electro was the PS2 one, wasn't it? No, Enter Electro. Spider Man Two on PS2 was the license game, the movie license game. It is Spider Man Two. They, it came on PlayStation also. Spider Man Two, the movie license game. No, Enter Electro. That's the PS1 game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Did not come out on PlayStation 2. Yeah. Okay. How could, how could I possibly get those mixed up? It's not like they're named the same exact thing. 
Well, one's you know? got a tagline and one's a movie license game. Sometimes people don't list the, list the tagline, you know? Fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Interlectro is great, man. I Everything about that game, I loved as a child. The the forced stealth missions and the weird buildings, and the which is weird for me to say, but the anxiety and dread I felt when those polygons were searching for me. Listen, the, the collecting the comic covers, collecting the costumes, everything about it. It was narrated by Bruce Campbell. Wait, no, that was the second one on PlayStation 2. See, this is confusing. You're right. I forget, how forgive could, me. How could it possibly confuse it? Forgive it's me. It's like you played PlayStation 1 games on your PS2. That's what half the joy of it was for. Oh, God. Anyway, I'm moving on. There's no way we're getting Spider-Man. Silent Hill. Why wouldn't we get it? Don't they have exclusive rights to the IP? Activision. Fuck Activision. God damn it. Silent Hill. Here's the thing about these horror games, now that I'm thinking about it. It's the first time that horror was a genre. Yeah, but this is also something that has to appeal to families, and you cannot put out a console that has Silent Hill and Resident Evil and Medieval. Now, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you can't sell this to families. That's a rated M game, dude. You know what I mean? I don't think we're getting those horror games. Yeah, but that was the, that was the thing, man. PlayStation was about, yo, we've got rated M games. It's part of the lineage. Dude, it's part that, of the history. That Mortal Kombat trilogy, baby. Right? I'm saying it's part of it. Could but be part of it. They would automatically be cutting themselves off the knee right there. Yo, there's no way they're not putting out Hot Shots Golf on this thing. I've never that played that. That's a first party franchise. People love a good, weird sports game. Never played it. Not once, not never. Anyway, the only thing I don't like about this console, Nick, the only thing. Doesn't come with an AC adapter. Okay, two things I don't like about it. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what? that that's so weird. What, what is that? That's like that's like the 3DS, the 3DS XL. So how, with a charger. So you have to buy one separately or is it just a USB? I think it comes with a USB micro cord. I don't know what the power consumption like needs are. I don't know if I could power it with my USB port on my TV. If I could power it from my USB port on my PS4, I don't know if it'll work. Probably that's, will. That seems really fucking weird. It's, it is weird. Are they selling them separately? Probably not, no. Why would they sell a power brick? A Sony licensed power brick for your PlayStation Classic. Seems a really weird way to cut costs. Uh, no, my issue with it is DualShock 1. Nobody I know ever, ever, ever played a PlayStation 1 with a DualShock 1. I didn't know the DualShock, or sorry, not the DualShock 1, but the, the original Slim controller. Everybody I know. I didn't know for years, I thought the DualShock was the only type of controller you could use. I remember years later being shocked that there were controllers without joysticks. Shocked. Same. So that's my only frustration there is I don't want to, it's, it's not a comfortable controller with, you know, that big space cut out. Seems, uh, seems bizarre. But yeah, that means that you're not going to get uh, Ape Escape. Wasn't thinking of that to begin with, Nick. I mean, it's like one of the only games that requires DualShock controller. Right. I wonder if they'll sell a uh, DualShock USB controller. Ah, Nick, they're not selling a power brick. You think they're going to release a whole other controller here? Come on. Come on. Yeah, I guess it kind of takes away the need for them to sell the controller separately like Nintendo did with the NES Classic. What a botch that was, boy. When does this go on sale? December 3rd, I believe, because it's the anniversary of the PlayStation in the US. Maybe in Japan. Maybe it's just the Japanese. Damn, that's right around the corner. Yeah, that's the Monday before Smash. Ooh, rough time to... Release your product. It's a rough time for us because we're going to be getting that game. Definitely. Most definitely. Well, Nick, what do you think about wrapping up today with that? I would love for you to not tell me about your Spider-Man Platinum. <laughs> well, you, you know, didn't seem so keen on it earlier. I was just pulling your leg. 
I'm pulling. I'm pulling all eight of your legs. That's oh, don't pull there. We can get around to that later if you want to have a, a a postmortem on the game with uh with our friend Andrew. Uh, the Windows Defender, the Console Crusader, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, I would rather do that. I, I put it on here. I think like, eh, maybe we'll get to it. But if I, Nick, just go play the game. Just go into it with an open mind, knowing that it is a different kind of game, and appreciate what it does especially well. Although you don't care about stories and games, so I don't. I just Nick, I want you to like it. I've been busy playing Okami. Ah, oh, fuck. Fair. Then I got Xenoblade that came out on Friday, and I haven't gone and bought it yet. You fucked up, dude. And Valkyria Chronicles on Tuesday. Are you a JRPG boy? No. I think I might have always have been. <laughs> really? I think I think so. This is a revelation. I mean, I've been playing JRPGs since Paper Mario, Mario RPG. I don't remember which one I bought first. Paper Mario is not a JRPG. How don't, not? Don't get... How's, nope. How is it not nope. a JRPG? Nick, it is... Technically an RPG developed by a Japanese studio. It is not a JRPG. Paper Mario is not a JRPG. I gotta put this out on Twitter. Guys, right into the pod. <laughs> Who is right about this? Paper Mario is not a JRPG. Come on. I just don't know what the rules are for what a JRPG is supposed to be. Does it have to be anime? Aesthetic is a component, but also the systems in the game. Paper Mario does not play like Final Fantasy. Well, neither does Valkyria Chronicles. That's like a strategy game. But it's a turn-based game. Kind of, but it's also real-time. I am confused. It goes back and forth. It's like a mixture of XCOM and Fire Emblem. But then when you take your turn, you actually actively control your character. And then you go and, like, you can crouch, you can do your actions, go into shooting mode. It's very interesting. I would say it's a JRPG, but it's not like a normal turn-based combat JRPG. Is Fire Emblem a JRPG? Maybe, kind of. These are the tough questions that I, I, I need answered by you, our listeners. Listen, it's like saying Zelda is an RPG. Like, technically, probably you're right, but like... It's not a JRPG. Why is it not a JRPG? It's, if it's an RPG, it's developed by a Japanese company. It's a JRPG, right? Link is an anime, which is your one distinction, I guess. Anime is sort of a... Not such a solid definition. Like, anime just means animation. Does it have to specifically be Japanese animation? Or is it a style? So is Avatar anime? Or is it anime-inspired? Well, technically, from what I know, anime is Japanese cartoons. Any Japanese cartoon? Yes. Hello Kitty is anime. Yeah. Astro Boy? Anime. Speed Racer? Anime. Dragon Ball? Anime. Fairly Odd Parents? Not anime. <laughs> no. That's a Bruce Hartman joint. Uh, Butch Hartman? It's Frederator. Isn't it Butch, not Bruce? Is it Butch? Ah, oh, damn. Is it Butch? I'm pretty sure right. it's... Anyway. I think it's Butch. I think it's Butch. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, you really butchered that one, Nick. <laughs> there goes my anime credentials. <laughs> uh, this, guys, has been uh, the Console Crusade podcast, number one anime podcast. Find us on Twitter at console underscore crusade. Find my boy Nick at press till death. I am at ejiggle. You can send questions, comments, concerns, and the like. Feedback on uh, whether Paper Mario is a JRPG to feedback at consolecrusade.com. Hit our line. That's an email because this is the current year. Uh, we'll be back the same bat channel next week. At 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> hey, this is going out before that. I promise you. I assure you. Hey, at least we're hitting Wednesday uploads, you son of a gun. I know. I'm just teasing. I don't actually care. I'm oh. just giving you a, a good-natured ribbing. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is the good-natured ribbing podcast. I'm over it. <laughs> Kachow is out of here, bro.
You know I don't do that anymore. That was a tired bit and it was never funny. It was better than Boom Shakalaka. <laughs>